Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Jonathan Kerr, advisor at Lionfish Tech Advisors, and I write and broadcast about cybersecurity issues. I've been interested in the problems of cybersecurity at the application level for many years now, so it's great to have a chance to talk with one of the leading experts in the field. Today, I'm joined by Uri Dorot, Senior Product Marketing at Radware, and we're here to talk about moving from responsive protection to proactive protection. Radware is a leading vendor in the application protection field and has been around for around 25 years. Uh, the customer base extends from medium enterprise to very large corporations and governments. And if you want to know more, you can go to the other podcasts in this series or click on the links at the bottom of this podcast. So, Uri, welcome again to EM360. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Hi, Jonathan. Pleasure to be here. Always great talking to you. Excellent. Thank you so much. So let's get straight into it. In our last podcast, we talked about the future of generative AI, and it looks like the future is now, and we're already seeing attacks empowered by AI tools. What are you seeing right now? Yeah, so um, you're definitely right when you say that the future is now, and um, we already see the, the implications and the impact of generative AI tools. I think in a lot of different aspects, not only, you know, when it comes to application security, a lot of people use them for different purposes. So uh, we see a lot of changes. Um, when it comes to security, one of the things that we notice in the last year and a half or so is that we start seeing more and more zero-day attacks. So the type of attacks, you know, which have no known signatures, right? So let's say if about a year and a half ago, the mitigated attacks that we see in our systems or the type of things that we used to detect when it comes to malicious web application traffic, it was kind of a mixture of you know traffic that for which we had known signatures and traffic that we detected and mitigated based on you know behavioral approaches. But in the last year, there's been a surge in the amount of zero-day attacks that we mitigate and malicious web transactions for which there are no signatures. So today, about 75% of the um, malicious web transactions that we detect and mitigate is actually done with behavioral-based algorithms. Now, one of the reasons for that is the growing usage of generative AI tools and the adoption rate that is growing exponentially. So a lot of bad actors are using all sorts of, you know, whether it's existing, you know, generative AI chat tools, uh, as some sort of a co-pilot. They use it um, for searching for vulnerabilities. They use it to map out companies' supply chain, you know, and, and, and third-party dependencies. And they also use specific tools designated for, you know, some malicious uh, activities that you can find in the dark web, all sorts of generative AI tools specifically for that, which means it's much easier for them today to to find vulnerabilities, to come up with new scripts. And one of the other things they do is also they use those AI tools to actually debug their own scripts. So, you know, they send out, let's say we talk about bots, 
if before AI, they would it would take them a few days to debug a script or kind of reverse engineer and figure out what's going, why their script didn't work, now they can do it in a matter of minutes. So we see a lot more persistency in attacks, and we see the attacks that keep on morphing and changing quickly. And a lot because those hackers now are using generative AI tools. Now, not to be confused, you know, that the script itself is like some sort of an AI, right? I mean, that's, we're probably going to see that down the road, but it's mainly the use of, of um, language, you know, uh, based models or, um, you know, generative AI chat tools based on LLM technology that is now utilized for, you know, creating those new type of attacks. And so that's kind of what we see now. And I think it's just going to get worse and worse. Oh, that's interesting. And I think that that nicely leads us on to um, onto my next question, actually. So if we're seeing things, as you say, are getting worse and worse, we know that the load on responders is, is increasing, and we hear stories of burnout in socks and so on. Now, um, I know because in our in our conversation we talked about you know the difference between responsive protection and proactive protection. So why should you know what's the reason a CISO should be pushing? What's the reason a company should be pushing that latter approach of proactive protection? So first of all, let let's kind of agree that you know proactive and and responsive are more of a type of you know state of mind when it comes to security or. There is some strategy behind each approach, but there's no definitive line that kind of divides it to, you know, on this side is just proactive or this side is just responsive. There's a bit of everything. Basically, you know, proactive protection, we already have some traditional tools and pro that, that use proactive methods, like, you know, blocking of certain GOs or networks or IP groups or rate limiting. You can say that this is a proactive type of protection, but it's very you know, it's very broad and it's, it's bulk blocking of of um, of large groups of or or IPs and things like that, and it's not as accurate. And the need to move to to more proactive um, to use more proactive tools, and and later on I'll, I'll explain what are those proactive uh, tools are. It's for one reason you just mentioned with regards to the fatigue that. You know, SOC teams um, and security uh, personnel have today when dealing with the amount of you know attacks, the different type of attacks, the the whole new attack surfaces, all of those zero day attacks, the the generative AI tools um, that are used by hackers to generate all of those attacks. So they're quite kind of overwhelmed, and if you only stay responsive, um, you're always going to be, you know, one step or even 10 steps behind um, the attackers. Um, so proactive approach means that you are blocking traffic that you don't want, that you don't want it to, to even get into your application in the first place. So it prevents, you know, exhausting your resources, your computing resources, your infrastructure resources. And it means that also that when you're handling and mitigating attacks, you do it in a way that not only stops the attacks, but basically discourage attackers from continuing to uh, attack your application. So this is really interesting because um, the challenges that companies face when they talk about um, 
you know, trying to be proactive and trying to preemptively protect or block um, your things like false positives and blocking legitimate traffic. Um, what do you see in uh, what do you see in that area? Yeah, so you're definitely right that the main challenge for for CISOs and for companies is to to balance the, their security needs with their business needs. So you never want security to stand in the way of, of business, right? So, uh, but the challenges they're facing today is that on one hand, we've you know just explained why you need to be more proactive and for that matter, use preemptive measures and and block you know malicious sources and IPs and all that. Um, but the challenge in doing, of doing that in an accurate manner um, also increases because you have a lot of environments to your applications. You have on-prem environments, you have public cloud environments, you have supply chains, you have third-party dependencies, and you need to protect against a lot of things. And what companies many a times find themselves in situations where they have separate you know, security tools to use, multiple WAFs, multiple bot protections, different API protection tools or DDoS protection tools that not don't necessarily communicate with one another. Sometimes even you know different uh, security teams operate them, so they have problems with they have security silos and they have inconsistencies also in the way they update their security policies. They have visibility inconsistencies because they can't look at all of the environments from a single pane um, of glass or from and so they don't have a way to correlate between security events and what happens is that when you have that and then you try to implement some sort of a preemptive protection and block uh, sources or use all sorts of let's say identity management or validation you are basically prone to to have false positives and block legitimate traffic and that's something that we try to solve. Um, I think we do a pretty good job of that with with the way that we we do this. Well, it's interesting because I think um, I think you know we can dive in then to how productivity really works in practice. So um, let's talk about what you do and how you use your past experience to mitigate future attacks. Yeah, so obviously past experience is, is one aspect of it, and it's important. You need to use whatever you learn about the behavior of attackers trying to you know penetrate your, your application. So that, that's how you accumulate your 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 signatures, you 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 write new signatures, you you fine-tune them, you have your lists of you know malicious IP and and and, and all sorts of you know uh, bad sources that, that you want to block, and that's how you basically use your past experience, right? But that's not enough because, as we said at the beginning of the conversation, you know, there's a lot of zero-day attacks, a lot of unknown attacks, and you don't want to wait to be attacked, suffer the attack, and only then learn from it and move on because the attackers, they, they keep evolving and they evolve really fast. They, they, you know, they use new type of attacks every time. They're not going to use the same type of attacks for a long time, for a long duration. They're going to they're gonna reshape it. They're going to get new scripts. They're going to find new vulnerabilities. So it, it's definitely, you know, it's that in that cat and mouse game, you need to be able to do things in real time, use behavioral-based detection. And the way we see it and how we look at it is one of the things that lead us is to let our customer cross-correlate 
between the different security engines and modules that we have. So basically, Radware, you know, we offer uh, an application protection uh, solution that is based on, on five pillars or if you want to call them modules or engine, which is a WAF, an API protection, uh, bot protection, web DDoS protection, and, and client-side protection. But it's not separate tools that were just put together in one portal. They basically, uh, there's communication between those engines and cross-correlation that is going on. And our vision and our approach to proactive protection is based on three layers of protection. And the three layers are, the first one is, first of all, the preemptive layer, which means that you want to clean the noise, right? About close to 60% of internet traffic today is not human traffic, is automated scripts. And the majority, or at least half of the traffic in the internet today is malicious traffic, be it from automated scripts or be it from actual actors that are trying to, to do all sorts of injections and things like that. So first of all, you want to clean the noise, not just from security aspects, but because there's so much of it, you want to reduce the load on your servers, on your infrastructure, on your computing power. You want to reduce overheads. So that's the one thing you want to do. And, and that's the preemptive layer. And the way we do it is by doing basically two things. One is blocking IPs that we don't want. And we do that by an engine that cross-correlates between the WAF, API, and BOT security events, where it gives a certain score for each security event. And once it goes up, Pass, uh, once it passes a, a certain threshold, it will block that source IP, that malicious source IP, for a predetermined period of time. Now, you know, big organizations, those type of organizations that we cater to, they have definitely more than one, even more than 10 applications. Some of them have 50, 100, 500, even thousands of applications. So think about it. If you, let's say you have 200 applications. A few of them were attacked from a specific, you know, source IP. And once you recognize that, what it does automatically, it blocks that source IP across all of your applications. So you don't need to wait for every application to get attacked. Once one of your assets were, were attacked, you, you immediately you block it across the board. So that's being preemptive when it comes to source IPs. We also use our active attackers feed, which comes from our intelligence network that is based also on the entire database that we have globally from all of our customers, as well as from deception network that we have. So those are known actors, so we know how to block them as well. When it comes to identities, we can also be preemptive with that. We use for mobile attacks, bot, for instance, bot attacks on mobile applications. We have our um, Google and uh, iOS, um, Android and iOS attestation that basically validates that it's a, a real user and it's a real application and already eliminates all the bad traffic right there and then. We also have some sort of you know, JavaScript validations that we do for browsers. So basically, we block, we block all the traffic that we don't want. Now, since that's the first layer of being proactive, the second layer has to do with the detection. So obviously, we're going to block most of the traffic preemptively. But obviously, the, the type of traffic that won't be blocked is probably the more sophisticated type of you know, bad traffic or new bots or zero-day stuff. And then for that, we have behavioral-based algorithms that are able to recognize anomalies and look at the different behavior structures of what legitimate traffic's uh, supposed to behave and, and search for those anomalies and alert of that suspicious traffic. And then you get the third layer, which is the advanced mitigation. Once you uh, recognize this is malicious traffic, this is a zero-day attack, what do you do with that? So then 
you know, there's an array of, um, of methods in which we can mitigate attacks. But what we have in mind is that we don't want only to mitigate the attack. We also want to prevent that source from attacking again. So there are all sorts of mechanisms where we don't only block the attack, we also discourage the attacker from hitting us again. One of them, for instance, is our crypto challenges that go behind the scenes to discourage bot attacks from, from attacking us because basically it overloads their, their bot machine uh, to a point where it can't function anymore. So it kind of, you, know, you put a dent in their business. So that's also like an advanced proactive type of mitigation. Another part of it is the real-time signatures that we generate on the fly. So within seconds, we block those attacks. So, uh, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. There, there are a lot of things that's going on, but, but the idea is to have you know, layers of proactive protection going from preemptive to behavioral-based detection to advanced mitigation of the actual attacks. One also of the things to look at, and I mentioned it before, is your supply chain. So that's something that you cannot neglect. Um, I think we've talked about it in the past, but basically all of your API connections, all of your third-party uh, dependencies, third-party providers, you need to look at all of that. It all should be part of your protection agenda and, and strategy as well as looking at what's going on, on the browser side, not just traffic that you see all the scripts that are going to, you know, third-party services and all that. And that's also part of being preemptive. But for that, we would probably need another podcast just to talk about that. I, I'm sure, yes. It's a, it's, a, it's a vast and increasing subject. Thank you for, uh, yeah, thank you for that very comprehensive answer. So, Uri, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jonathan. It's been great uh, talking to you. Hopefully, we'll uh, get to talk again soon. Take care, everyone. I really appreciate you coming on. And also, everybody who's listening, thank you as well. Uh, we hope you took a lot away from today's broadcast. For all future information of what we talked about, then please head on over to radware.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head on over to EM360Tech.com. 